Okay. Almost a year ago, October 7th of last year, as a matter of fact, on episode 64, we discussed the unsolved murder of Debbie Dorian. She was 22 years old when she was raped and murdered on August 22nd, 1996 in Fresno, California. Her best friend from childhood and into high school, Katina, had reached out to me last year in September and asked if we could cover her story. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Both of us at the time when we talked, this was just months after the Golden State killer, James Joseph D'Angelo, was taken into custody after his DNA was linked to a family member who had been uploaded and who had uploaded their DNA into a genetic ancestry site. And because Debbie's case had DNA, we said a year ago that this was a very, very solvable case because the DNA was there and the technology is here. And while the technology has finally caught up with her killer, I literally just walked through the door when I sat down and got a message from Katina if I've seen the article. And I almost knew right away what she was talking about, but I was like, tell me what article. And she's like, we got him. And I believed I followed that up with some expletives. <laughs> and the emotions are really running high right now. And I had another episode that I needed to get out to you guys today, but I'm going to bump this ahead of that um, so I could give you all the good news and the update to, as to who this son of a bitch is. Some of you in the Facebook group are trolling his Facebook page right now, and I know it's looking really ugly. Um, so if you want to go and check that out, all of his information, the article, his name and everything, we'll talk about it here, but it is on the Facebook group. We posted all about it. And joining me right now by phone is Katina. She just left work early. Um, the news has been a complete shock, but she's here so that we can share this amazing news that this person is no longer a threat. Katina, you know, right now that the love is pouring in for you. Debbie's loved ones and her family, the people that cared about her from our Facebook group, from the admins of my group, they wanted me to send all of their love. And I'm so happy to be talking to you again today. How well, thank you for talking to me. I appreciate it. Sure. So we'll get to this person in a minute. Why don't you tell us what's been going on with you in the last year since this episode came out? You've been through a lot of life changes. Yes, there have been a huge amount of life changes in my life. Um, I I moved away from Los Angeles. Um, well, let me backtrack a bit. I'll make it as brief as possible. Um, in September of last year, after you and I had launched all of this, um, my mother fell and broke her hip and um, it had been a downhill battle for her for almost a year. And um, in June, on the 25th, she passed away. And um, I decided that it was time for me to come back to Fresno, and I moved home. And uh, while doing so, I also filed for a divorce. And um, I'm now living in my childhood home. <laughs> And uh, my sister and I are refurbishing and uh, making it a nice little place for us. Great. Well, not great that your mom's passed away. I'm sorry. Um, sorry about your divorce, too. I kind of had a feeling. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just a vibe that that was kind of eminent, even at the time that we were talking. Um, but was it maybe yeah. your your mom's passing that kind of pushed you 
to pull the trigger on that? Yeah, um, things just didn't work out. Um, it had been a long time coming, and I, I don't want to talk poorly about him because you know, he doesn't deserve that, but sometimes in a marriage, people just don't mesh well. And, you know, after being with him for a decade, um, we just decided to part ways that it wasn't a healthy uh, relationship for either of us. Right. So we're, we're amicable, we're working together, and, um, yeah, we're, we're fine as friends, but that's it. Great. Good. Um, it seems like you're doing okay. Like from, I see your Facebook posts and they're up and down, but you're definitely looking for that happiness in each, uh, as each day passes. Like I, I feel like you're looking for the bright side of every day. I do. Um, I do have my ups and downs. You're absolutely right. Uh, I miss my mother. Of course, the girl always miss her mom. Um, we were particularly close, which, you know, just made the blow a little bit difficult. But, um, you know, uh, this, this news, um, it just heightens every emotion that you could possibly imagine. Um, you know, I already missed Debbie like crazy. I've been missing her for 23 years, and I, I don't know what to do with this information and I'm going to try my hardest not to break down and cry um, because it's, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Um, the, the gentleman that I'm actually seeing somebody, um, the gentleman that I'm seeing is the one that texted me the article, the breaking news, and he goes, you need to sit down and he goes, you need to watch the, the video and so the site was like, know this. And, you know, I immediately went to Facebook and I, I tagged Heather in the post and I tagged you in the post. You were the first two that I think of that I needed to tell this news to because both of you, um, Heather had an emotional investment in Debbie and you were instrumental in getting her voice to be heard, Debbie's voice to be heard. And I honestly believe that if, if you and I had not talked past when we did, Debbie's voice would not it would not be out there right now. Well, so, I like I I'm had said, I had said earlier that I, it's my contention that her voice is alive because of you. And, you know, I, I know you're somewhat in touch with Debbie's mom and um, I'm getting emotional <laughs> um, that she hasn't always had the strength to want to, keep up with what's going on with the investigation. Um, she hasn't had it in her, but you've been the one to be championing her case all these years and wanting her voice to be heard. And while her mom is um, maybe kind of shut down over the years. I, I think that Sarah, um, I don't think she gave up hope. I just think that it was one of those uh, situations where you just kind of throw your arms up in the air and you're like, well, you know, if something comes with it, then, then great. If not, then we'll keep trying. Um, I actually did speak with her um, about a half an hour after I found out, and she had told me that she, she wanted to call me, but she couldn't because obviously it was, um, it was still you know, in the grips and close to the vest of police officers and, and Sarah and Peter. And um, so 
she was very happy that I had called her, and she is doing okay. She is, uh, as she put it, a nervous ball of anxiety, um, and she's on a roller coaster as well, and said that the next few months are probably going to be a big roller coaster for everybody. Um, so we're, we're making plans to spend the weekend together um, after the new year, which I'm really happy about. Oh, great. She's doing okay. And I, I tried to reach out to Peter, but she hasn't returned my call yet. So hopefully he'll get back to me tonight. I did see him at my mother's funeral. And he opened up a little bit about what he was feeling. And it was really good to talk to him. And I'll keep that close to me as well because it was a very, very private conversation. Right, right. Um, After I posted a couple of things in the Facebook group about her case, um, having a suspect in custody now, um, some of the listeners commented that they went over to his Facebook page and I saw comments, you know, there's people who are, um, leaving some nasty comments directed towards him and, um, regarding, you know, finding out that he's actually this serial rapist and murderer. And um, some of those comments go back about 16 or 17 hours. So people were already finding about out about this yesterday or late last night. Whereas we just yeah. heard the breaking news this afternoon. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say that um, last night I was disconnected from all social media and I turned off my phone and I... I needed some me time, and um, you know when I when I got to work this morning, um, the obviously my my guy had sent the article to me, and then like I said, I had no idea what to do with myself. I couldn't breathe. I was having a panic attack, um, and it was just hitting me. And then as soon as I watched the press release, the first thing that I thought of was this Netflix show called Unbelievable, and how, you know, to, I don't know if anybody's watched it. If not, I'm going to be a big spoiler alert. Oh, but, no, yeah. Okay, um, yeah, I've watched it. Um, and I guess if anybody hasn't watched it, maybe you need to shut this off <laughs> because I, I, I think it was great. I saw the whole thing. But, yeah, it'll oh, be a yeah. spoiler alert. So go ahead. You've been uh, you've so been warned. <laughs> yeah, so this, this, you know, Debbie's case along with um, the countless women that this monster sexually assaulted, um, it, it almost mirrors that show. And, you know, the two female cops in Unbelievable, um, I equate them to the two cops here in Fresno that have worked tirelessly to Debbie's face and how all these statewide agencies were working together to bring him into custody. And it's just, it just baffles my mind. I, I just finished binge watching that so a week ago. And of course, the first thing in my mind was why can't, you know, why can't they link all of this DNA to Debbie? Why can't it happen for Debbie? Why can't it, you know, this, 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 everything that I've been thinking about when I hear about cases like this, well, when is it going to be Debbie's turn? And mm-hmm. when it, when is her voice going to be heard in the courtroom? Yeah. And so it looks like our moment has come. And I, I'm, so happy that now she can finally rest. Yeah. Now. And her parents can get closure. Now. What have you read 
I've, I've only skimmed over the articles because I've been on social media posting about it and messaging you and my husband and my group admins about it and everything. And I'm telling everybody, and when I get a chance, I did watch the video, but what do you know about this man? Like what other crimes has he been linked to? Like how many, how, how far reaching is this? I, I, I guess uh, from what um, Dyer had said in the video was that he had, and the district attorney, that he had misdemeanors for sexual offenses back in the 80s. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's now, I can't, I cannot wrap my mind around how many other women who, who did not report their sexual assault that did and that he harmed and he hurt and if there are any other murder victims out there. And, you know, it, it just, it baffles my mind. And I don't know too much about him, I, whatever is public. And um, I know that they're keeping information very, very limited. Um, and that's fine. Um, but I'm just, I'm surprised that this guy has flown under the radar for 23 years and maybe longer. When, I, when you look at his pictures, he's kind of an average, unassuming, regular guy. Oh, no. When I look at his pictures, I think way more than that. I'm sure you do. I but I mean, just that. the average person. I mean, looking at his Facebook, he's married. He's got children, it seems like. It seems he's kind of family-oriented, you know? But I feel bad for his wife and children, and I really hope that people, I really hope that people are kind to them because they're they're victims in this too, and they can ask for this. And I, I really do feel bad for them. Um, but for him, whatever comes his way, I have no pity, and I really hope that the universe dishes out the maximum amount of karma possible. Yeah. For you know, for what he did, and mm. I mean, all those women. But now. Now there are a lot more women in this state that are safe because behind bars. Yeah. Debbie's his only known murder victim, correct? From what I know, yeah. I, I believe he is his only murder victim. Mm. It's sickening. And she didn't deserve that, obviously. Nobody deserves that. But I, I really hope, I really hope that he's going to be okay. I, I truly believe that, and I don't know how spiritual anybody is, but I truly believe that when a victim has been murdered and their crime is unsolved, that they wander around aimlessly and they don't know what's going on. And they and I hope that she finds peace. And I hope that Sarah finds the peace that she so desperately has needed for 23 years and that she finds closure and and Peter for all the horrible things that he saw when Debbie was murdered and when he found her, I, I hope to get peace of mind because I, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, I was just barely rebuilding a relationship with her. And if I'm feeling like the, the way that I'm feeling, I can't even fathom what they're feeling. I can't even imagine. Right. And Peter's her dad and Sarah's her mom. And are they still alive and they, are they still together? No, they are, unfortunately, they are not together. Um, Sarah did say something in reference to still being alive. Uh, when I spoke to her earlier, she had mentioned to me that she was very thankful 
that this happened while she was still here. Right. And, you know, I had told her that, you know, if it happened after she passed, then I would be carried the ball and porch. Right. So. So we're going to be following this case, and it's really early. We He hasn't even been arraigned yet. We don't know what's going on. Either one of two things are going to happen. Either he's going to take this to trial or he's going to just plead guilty and go away and rot in prison. Whatever happens, you and Debbie's family are going to have a chance to possibly confront him in court and make an impact statement. Are you prepared to do that? Are you wanting to do that? I've been wanting to do that from the day I found out she was murdered. I've been wanting to do that. I, I absolutely want to turn to him and look him in his eyes and tell him exactly what he did and how I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. You might get that chance now. How does that feel? Like, I mean, you're going to get a chance to finally confront him. And I, I could feel the pain and the weight of Debbie's death had been, you've been carrying it with you for so many years. And you're, yeah. are you going to be able to finally let that off your shoulders? Um, I'm going to try, um, but I do feel that if I turn to him and tell him what I want to say to him, you know, the, the primary thing coming out of my mouth is going to be, you know, you extinguished a very beautiful light and robbed so many people of a beautiful daughter, a family member, a friend, and how could she be so selfish and how could she do something so horrendous? And, you know, of course I, I have a choice words that I know um, I won't say here, but, hmm. you know, knowing that I might have that opportunity to tell him what I think, it makes me feel empowered for Debbie, not for myself, but for her, because I, I know the type of woman that she was and I know what she wanted and what her convictions and her morals and her standards were. And she is the exact opposite of everything that she ever wanted for her life, of any person that she ever knew. She has no moral turpitude whatsoever, and I want to explain that to him, and I want to be her voice that day when I speak to him. I wonder how That's many... Do you have an idea of how many other sexual assaults have been connected to him thus far? Confirmed? I'm I I I'm only guessing between ten and fifteen, but I don't know. I'm just going off of what I hear in the news. Intent might be a stretch. I don't know. Right. But um, there's also the consideration of the women that have not reported. So, you know, how many could that be? How yeah. many? Yeah. Which happens you know, to all too often too because of things like what happened in Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, the the shame and the embarrassment, the fear of not being believed. Huh? That's why that's why I didn't report mine. Because I I had been conditioned to think that the police would never believe me and that, you know, victim shaming and and that's, it still happens. And so they say, well, what were you wearing? You know, where were you? What were you drinking? You know, were you flirting? Well, yeah, no, 
I wasn't. I was wearing sweats or I was wearing a dress, but does that give a man or anybody permission to sexually assault me? No. That yeah. doesn't give anybody the right to, to date another person's body. Yeah. You know, and Debbie was in the privacy of her own home. And that doesn't give anybody the right to go in there and invade that privacy either. Yeah. I wonder how and why that happened. She I wouldn't have just let him him in. She wouldn't have she didn't know him. No. So which which blows my mind as to why there was no fourth entry. I don't understand why she allowed him in. I'm assuming she allowed him in because she was the type of person when she walked in her home, even when she was living with her father, she would lock the gate that went to the front door, she would go to the front door, close it, lock it, dead bolt it, put the cane on. That's how she was. Every time. Right. So I, I don't understand. He's the only one. He and Debbie are actually the only two that know what really happened and one is only here to tell the tale. I doubt he's going to ever say it. I, I think this guy's a coward. He looks like a sniveling oh. little coward to me. I don't think he'll ever own up to anything that he's done. No, he won't. He'll never own up to it. You know, but I'm sorry, Mr. DNA doesn't lie, and your DNA was your worst enemy today. Yep, absolutely. I knew it. Yeah. Like I, I, we said it back in the episode that the answers are there. That it's with his DNA. He left it. They just have to find it. They've got to find it. Somebody's gonna find it, and they did. Thank God. And I remember thinking, wanting that so bad. I had when I posted about Debbie's episode, I tagged some law enforcement agencies and the sheriffs in, in and around the Fresno area. And one of them got back to me and said, this isn't our case, but I will contact the person in charge of our case and we'll look into it. And I never got a follow-up to that. So hopefully, you know, I know that there was some um, officers that were dedicated to her case that really wanted it solved and, and stuck with it until this day came. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there have been a lot of people that have been in the background doing a lot of work. Uh, you know, it's just, it's heart-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching. I'm, I, I, my thoughts are not clear. I'm telling you. Um, I, I'm thinking about all the people that were involved, all the people on the peripheral, all of the people that are instantly involved with Debbie, and there's just so many. And who do you thank for all this? And you, you're on the peripheral of all of this. And, you know, as I stated in the beginning, if it weren't for you, her voice would not be heard. My voice can only carry so far, only to my local group on Facebook, which is my friends and family. And there aren't that many. So there's only so many times that I can post, oh, I miss Debbie. There's only so many blogs that I can post on my Facebook page about how much I miss her. And people are going to be, you know, annoyed by the fact that I keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Well, you know, my feelings are viable, just like everybody else's when they lose somebody. And, you know, I was getting to the point where I was, I was desperate to get her story out. And I, I had no idea who to turn to. And... Maybe it was your voice when I first heard California Dreaming and I heard the very first episode that maybe you were compassionate enough to work with me and that's 
why I approached you and asked to speak to you, not knowing that you were actually the be all end all. So a friend of three. Yeah, it's not it's not that far reaching, but you know, we have our audience and at the time I did record a um a, a promo for Debbie's episode specifically and about I wanna say about thirty other podcasts played it for me. So I know. When you told me that I was I was very touched at how far reaching your your um uh, promotions of Debbie's um podcast had actually gone. Um I, I was very touched and very emotional over it and you and I had had private conversations from phone about, you know, all of this and I I'm very indebted and grateful to you for being so compassionate and empathetic and sympathetic and um, warm about all of this. And, mm-hmm. you know, hence the reason why you were one of the first two, <laughs> you and Heather, <laughs> that I wanted to tell about mm-hmm. this. Thank you. I, I couldn't imagine being any other way about it, especially now, you know, I consider you a friend. And I know we had made plans to try to meet up and it never happened Lots of stuff has changed, but eventually we're not that far apart now. You know, Fresno is just a few hours north of here. And when things maybe settle down, we can finally get together. Um, is, yeah, I would love that. Is Debbie's um, burial um, place near where you are now? Yes, it is about, um, it's about 10 miles away from me. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have to go there tomorrow and um, clean up her headstone and put some flowers and um, and then go visit my mother. <laughs> She's in the next cemetery over. So. Will you um, take some pictures? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can take some pictures. Um, wow. I'm so happy. This is such great news today. It is. It's bittersweet. Um, like I said, I don't really know what to do with myself. Um, I go back and forth between being super ecstatic and super sad because that's bringing up all of those memories of when I first learned about losing her. And over the years, lots of little years to manage with time because that's what time teaches you is how to manage loss. It doesn't help you to heal from it. And I've learned to manage the loss Debbie in my life over the couple of decades that she has not been in my life. And um, now that this has all come to fruition, it's been, yeah, it's still fresh. And I'm I'm sure tonight it's not going to be a pretty picture for me. So I'm going to um, avail myself and doing the renovations my energy from turning into anxiety. Great. All right. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to put this up. I'm going to try to get it all put together and put up tonight. So um, the the listeners are really anxious to hear more details. Um, When articles come up, send them my way or post them in the group. We're going to keep following this story until this guy is put away forever. I really appreciate that. I think that I think Debbie would be honored to know that there are a group of people that are rooting for her. Oh yeah, absolutely, met. and for you too. I appreciate that. Sure, I I really do. 
I appreciate that a lot. And, you know, um, when you have a chance to settle down and come into the Facebook group, there's people anxious to, to send their well wishes to you. So, well, um, when you feel up to it, I'll say this to them right now. It's going to be a while until I go in there. At least that's my plan for now. I kind of want to stay a little dark on Facebook for days, but, um, all the California dreaming people um, over the last year your support and your love for myself as well as Debbie and the family really mean a lot and I want to thank every single one of you for being as supportive as you have as you have been and uh, for some of you who have been done ho let's go get the bastard um, thank you very much and I love you for that and um yeah, you guys mean a lot, and I'm very honored to be a part of this close family. I'm really honored. Thank you. So, well, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. sharing her story with us. That was one of the best parts about this was that one of the few stories that I've been able to, um, it's one of the few stories where I've been able to talk to somebody actually connected to a, per, a victim. and. Well, I'm glad I was this. And it it takes us it takes it to a different place for all of us emotionally, you know. Yeah, it makes it personal. Yeah. You know, not just some based on a news report with nobody connected to it. You know, um, you put the emotion into it, and you hear a voice of somebody that was actually connected and what they're going through because of it. It makes it more personal, and you know, I just I want people to know when they walk away from the story that this was beautiful light and she was a stupid person and very intelligent and very loved. Wonderful. Thank you so much.